Well, if you'll open your Bible to page 223, well, actually, we're going to start on page 222, but anyway, you'll be in Judges chapter 6. I want to talk today about the idea that God is not our heavenly bellhop, and that idea comes from this story about Gideon. Now, last week, if you were here, I talked about what I call the Gideon era, and the Gideon era is very simply this, God told Gideon what to do. In fact, if you look, I think it's on page 222, Joshua chapter 6 in verse 14, the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. You know, the Midianites had just come in, overtaken the land, taken all their food, their animals, it's just It's just pitiful. And God said, Gideon, I'm giving you the job. You're going to save Israel from the Midianites. And then you, his error was, now it's very clear what God told him to do. In verse 15, Gideon said to God, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And then, of course, God said, I'll, surely I'll be with you. Well, the, the Gideon error is God told him what to do. And he lacked courage to do it. And he tried to come up with all these excuses. And that's kind of what we talked about that, that last Tuesday. The problem Gideon had was he, not, he didn't know what God's will was. The problem is he, he didn't have the courage to do it. And sometimes, perhaps that happens to all of us more than we might realize. Now, as you read on in this chapter... It's very, very interesting because what Gideon decided to do, and probably we've all done it, he asked God for a sign. And the interesting thing is he asked for a miraculous sign. I wish you'd tuck that away in your brain. Not a coincidence. And I'm going to read that in just a moment. But this is very, very important. Now, this sign indeed was a miraculous sign. If you look down in chapter, uh, verse, excuse me, verse 36, chapter 6, verse 36, I'll read it in just a moment. What he did was, he said, God, now I'm going to take this, this fleece of wool on the dry fleshing floor, and I want you to make the, even though everything on the threshing floor is, is dry, I want you to make my fleece wet. That was sign number one. That's a, that would have to have been a miracle. That would have been no coincidence. And then he flip-flopped it, and he said, God, no, what I'm going to do, I want to ask you a, a, second, a second sign I need is take my fleece of wool that's dry, and yet while it's dry, I want all the ground around it to be wet with dew. We see that in verse 36. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. Now, it's interesting. Verse 38 says, it was so when he rose early in the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Now, look in verse 39. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just one more time. He's going to do a two out of three here. 
you know. <laughs> Probably is, then it's going to be a three out of five and a five out of seven. We'll come back to that. He said, let me test. I'll pray one more time with this fleece. Now let, let it be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground around it, let there be dew. That'd be another miraculous miracle. That'd be no coincidence. Verse 40 says, God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all about the ground. Well, you know, one lesson, it's not my main lesson, but I think it's an important lesson, is how graciously God accommodated the things Gideon was asking him to do. God told him what to do. He comes back and says, you know, I'm of the least of all my family. My family is one of the least, da, 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 da. He didn't have the courage to do it. Then he said, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw out a fleece. Well, he did. And he got an answer. Then he said, well, I think I'll throw out another fleece. Well, he did that. And God was very patient with him in that. Now, here, here's, the, here's what I want to deal with today, though. This whole idea about throwing out fleeces is, you know, how do we know God's will? I mean, Gideon, Gideon was trying to discern it by throwing out these fleeces. Well, we'll deal with that in a moment. But, but how, do we, how do you and I know about God's will? I just had a man in my office less than an hour ago. And we visited for about 25 minutes. And we concluded our visit by my praying with that man and for that man. And the, the, the important thing about the prayer was we just were praying what God's will was for that man. And I said, you know, if you can get that settled, then these other things are going to fall into place. And we talked about two or three different options. And he said, but look, all these options can't be God's will. God doesn't have three wills. God has a will. But here you have this option. We know you have this option. You have it now. Now I'm presenting you two other options. So now you, you came in my office today. You weren't even aware you had any option. Well, you had one, didn't realize it. And now you're walking out of my office with three. I said, you came in. You, you're leaving more messed up. Well, you came in. You're now really confused. So I suggest you go home, pray about it, talk to your wife about it, etc. We talked about it. It's good. Well, how do you know God's will? Well, let me mention quickly. Well, I, what, on most major things, I, I believe with all my heart, on most major things in life, you know God's will from God's word. It, it, if you stop and think about it, for example, I made a little list. <laughs> not murder, not commit adultery not steal, not lie, not covet. Forgive people as God's forgiven you. Be kind to people. The golden rule, do unto others as you'd have him do unto you. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So there are many things in life that we know to be the will of God. I am to forgive people. That's God's will. I'm not to lie. I'm not to steal. All these things we know. So if you just made a list of the major things in life, God's word makes very clear God's will. Now, what about things that God's word does not speak to? How, 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 how do we know God's will? Well, his spirit makes those things clear. His spirit, the Holy Spirit has his way 
even though there may not be a specific Bible verse, but God's Spirit will make God's will very clear. And you say, well, how will I know that? Well, I, well first of all, God's Spirit will never contradict what God's Word says. So if one day you say, you know, God told me to do something, <laughs> and it, it contradicts what God's written Word says, hey, that's not God's Spirit. You just ate too much Mexican food the night before. That's what that deal is. It's not God's spirit. So that takes care of a lot of things. But I think the way beyond that, if it's God's spirit, at some point you'll have peace about it. You know, I love that verse. I love that verse in Colossians. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So, you know, if, if, if no peace, then don't do when, when it's God's will, you're just having a, and you've all been there where you've prayed about things, you've, you've sought counsel about things, and you've tried to use your brain about things, and finally, you, you just say, I believe this is the decision. This is what God would have me do on this matter, whatever it might be. You'll have a peace about it. I mean, it's just, that, that peace is so very real. And now, here's, here's my statement. I think it's a good statement. Generally speaking, now, underline that, those two words about three times in your mind. Generally speaking, that means there'll be some exceptions, but they will not be many. Generally speaking, this deal of throwing out a fleece to get answers for things is, is not the best way to go about knowing God's will. Uh, you remember I said earlier that Gideon asked for a what? He asked for a miraculous sign, not a coincidence. See, if, if you're going to let coincidences be how you figure it out, <laughs> you, you can just read into coincidences about anything you want to. I mean, whatever you want to happen, whatever you want to be the answer, something, you know, Something can just happen, and you say, well, I believe that's, that's God's will. Well, that's, that's a coincidence. I don't think God works on coincidences. I think God's more specific than that. And so generally speaking, throwing out a fleece is just not the way to decide something. Uh, coincidence, you just kind of go along with whatever you want to do to start with. I think better than throwing out a fleece when we don't know God's will, and all of us have times that you don't know God's will about something. I mean, Daddy called me about something uh, within two hours ago, saying, do you think we should do this or not? And I said, well, I don't know what we should do about that. I said, what do you think? She said, well, I don't know. If I had, I wouldn't have called you. <laughs> I said, well, we're, we're, we're in one accord here. We don't know what to do. We've got one person saying, this is what you should do. Got another person says, no, don't do that. Well, what do you do? Well, what Dottie had done, she'd call two or three of her friends to ask them what to do. What did she get? Two or three different opinions, you know. So she, then she, in desperation, she called me to ask me what I thought. Well, I don't know. I thought, well, I'll bring it up at Tuesday Bible lunch and see if that'll, maybe it'll become clear and I'll have peace. But, you know, this, this I, I think the better thing to do, and we've all been there, when you don't know what to do, I believe you'd agree with it. Be honest with God. Just say, God, I really want to know what your will is on this matter. And I don't know. And I'm just asking you, somehow, some way, God, would you, 
whether it be from your word or your spirit, or I just have a real inner peace about it, would you just make clear to me what to do? So I'm not much on throwing out fleeces. And I, I, I see people do that. Say, well, you know, I, I said if thus and so happened, then I'd say that's the will of the Lord. Well, you know, is it a, is that, was that, that thing a miraculous thing or is that just kind of a coincidence you're talking about happening there? Well, I thought to myself, I need to be honest with the people. I'm saying, I, generally speaking, I, I don't think what Gideon did is a way to do it. But in my life, there have been, and rare they have been, a few times where I've kind of done what Gideon did. The most recent, I was thinking about this, the most recent time that I threw out a fleece, and I'm going to share it today. I've shared bits and pieces of it, but I've really never shared the story. It, it, it's, like, it's like over 35 years ago. It's over, th- over 35 years ago. It's, to my knowledge, is a last fleece. Now, let me tell you the story. It, it was back in my years when I was pastor of First Baptist Church, Sulphur Springs. One fall in 1988, 1988, I was preaching revival out in Minerals Wells, Texas, First Baptist Church, Minerals Wells, Texas. And I was staying in this little motel out there at night we had meeting every day at noon, and we had meeting at night. At night, at, well, in the noon too, I'd go back. But at night, after the service, I'd go back out. And one night during that week, I went to my room after the meeting. Uh, Joel was, uh, he was still in school. John was at Baylor. So Dottie and Joel were living back in Sulphur Springs. She wasn't with me in the meeting. But I'd gotten in the room and had not been in the room very long, and the phone rang. Now, I'm not talking about a cell phone. I didn't have cell phone back in that day. Some of you, we actually had a life without cell phones. We probably would have a better life without cell phones today sometimes, I think. But anyway, I'm in the room, and the phone rings. It's a room phone. I answer the phone, and the voice on the other end introduced himself. And the voice said to me, Dr. Edmund, my name is Bobby Mills. Well, in my brain, I thought, I don't know a Bobby Mills. But while I'm trying to process who this Bobby Mills is, this voice keeps talking, and he said, I'm the chairman of the pastor search committee for the First Baptist Church in, in Pasadena, Texas. And our committee has visited your church in Sulphur Springs, and we really would like to know if you would be open and willing to visit with us about the possibility of coming to Pasadena as, as pastor of the church. Well, we had a nice little conversation. And of course, I, the, the whole thing caught me so off guard. I said, well, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to answer your question. I said, I, I certainly hadn't prayed about it. You just called me. He said, oh, I understand. He could not have been kinder. And he said, well, let me ask you. He said, you finish up out there and you're going back home. You, you, you and your wife talk about it. I'll call you back next week and see if you feel like you would be willing to at least visit with our committee. Well, I, when I got off the phone, I called Dottie to tell her what was going on here. And I get home and we talked about it. And I, I think we prayed a little about it, but not a whole lot because I really wasn't interested in it. And anyway, next week, as he said he would, Mr. Mills called back and said, look, 
uh, would you, after having thought about it, would, would you mind talking to our committee about, about our church? And I said to him, well, you know, I don't mind talking to your committee. I'm humble that you would want to talk to me. But I said, to be honest with you, I'm not interested in moving. I thought that in that conversation. He said, wonderful. That's the kind of pastor we want. I thought, well, I gave the wrong answer to that one. He said, we don't want a pastor wanting to move. We want a pastor not wanting to move. Well, that just fascinated me. He said, let me ask you, would you be willing by yourself just to fly down to Houston and meet with us? We'll meet, we'll meet in a hotel across the street from Houston Hobby. And we'll just visit together and pray together. He said, would you, would you be willing to do that? I said, well, I, I know this seems strange, but I, I don't know if I'm willing to do that or not. I said, first of all, I don't think I'm interested. I don't think God's moving me, but would, would you give me a few days to process it all? You take all the time you want. I did. Well, he called back the next week, and I thought, well, you know, Maybe God's in this, maybe God's not. But anyway, I said, okay. Now, I want you to understand, I, I don't feel anything at all. But he said, well, you couldn't. You've never even talked to us about it. You don't know anything about the church. At least be open to what God might would do. I said, oh, well. well, I flew down and we had this meeting. It was a long meeting. I spent the night in that hotel. And the next day I flew back home. And... Uh, a couple of weeks went by, and I heard back again from Mr. Mills, and he said, now, you know, we still feel like pursuing this thing, and would, would you and your wife be willing to fly down? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm open to talking, but I, I, I don't want to be misleading. I, I really am extremely happy where I am and feel like God has me where I am. And I, I'm not, he said, well, well anyway, Dottie came. Well, we got back, and, and I don't remember the time, but anyway, not long afterwards, he called, and I just said to him, I appreciate y'all's kindness. I'm humbled in your interest, but I just don't feel God leading me at all to leave my church. And he respected that, and that was the end of that conversation. Well, some months went by, and lo and behold, uh, I look out one Sunday morning and here's some of this committee sitting back in my church. I thought, I guess they're going to see if I can preach two good sermons. <laughs> well, after the thing, they came to meet with me there at my own church and said, we just want you to know we still feel God leading us to you. And we just thought we'd come and maybe we could visit together a little bit. And we did. And I said, well, I'll, you know, we, we, I'll pray about this, but be that as it may. But anyway, fast forward. I, I, I called him back sometime after that and said, I'm just really honored. Y'all have got a great church and all, but I, I, this is just not what I think God wants me to do. So I, I just want to end this thing. Um, and he, he, he was very kind. And I really thought that thing kind of had ended. And all that's going on in the fall of 1988. Well, months go by. I never hear one word more from this church, and I was kind of glad I didn't. I was just kind of, it, it got my mind confused. You ever been confused? Well, 
late fall of 1989, I've not heard from this church committee in months. I ain't even thought no more about it. In Sulphur Springs, I had a study, like this is a worship center in Sulphur Springs. I had a study over here where I worked on sermons. Your offices were like over here. This was kind of isolated. And one Thursday afternoon, I'd finished preparing a sermon, and I'm walking from that office, that study, to go to my office, and I thought, I'm going to take a shortcut. I learned in geometry that the shortest distance in two points is a straight line unless you go and take your girlfriend home. I learned that. But anyway, y'all missed that. But anyway, uh, I, I decided to cut through the worship center, and I did. And I'm walking along, and all at once, now I'm just telling you the truth. You can ride it off any way you want to. Something said to me, which I assume was the Spirit of God, get on your knees and settle this Pasadena church thing. Well, I hadn't even thought anymore about the Pasadena church. Well, I got out on my knees by myself in my worship center right there and said, Lord, now I prayed a prayer I don't even believe. I don't even believe in praying this kind of prayer. But this is what I did. I said, Lord, I, I thought this Pasadena church thing was ended, but if you want me to go to Pasadena Sunday, send their pulpit committee back to my church. Now think with me. It's Thursday afternoon. I've not heard from them in months. Now, if they were going to come to my church on Sunday, they'd already be made plans. They wouldn't be making plans on Friday to come on Sunday. And when I prayed that prayer, I got up and I thought, have you ever thought this? I'm losing my mind. <laughs> this church about drove me crazy before I got here, okay? I thought, I don't even believe in such praying as that. Oh, I just shook my head. I thought, I, 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 I've just got to get this thing. I thought it was out of my mind. It's, I, I threw out a fleece. That's what I did. Well, I thought no more about that prayer. 30 minutes later, I never thought another word about that prayer. And I go out on Sunday morning. In the second service, I sit down and I look up and I just glance over the place. And poop committees everywhere. And I thought, I'm gone. That's what I thought. So I'm saying to you, I guess I threw out a fleece. The very thing I'm saying today is not the way to do it. I said, generally speaking, that's not the way to do it. What I did is worse than what Gideon did. I was telling God, I, I actually, I guess I thought God was a heavenly bellhop. God, now here's what you do. I was as sincere as I knew how to be. But now having said all that, that's been over 35 years ago when I did that. And I don't think I have thrown out a fleece since then because I don't even believe in throwing out fleeces. But I threw out one that day. I can't explain why I played the prayer, but I prayed the prayer. But I'm saying this, God knows our hearts. And if he knows we're trying to know his will. But I'll say this, in all these years down here, through some of the things that I've gone through these years, at the church and in my home, my family, various things, my mind and my heart has gone back to that very spot and that place. And I preached back in that church here a few weeks ago. I was back there preaching and, and I was sitting up here and People had no idea, but I was kind of looking back down there. I thought, man, right down there is where I prayed a prayer. 
and God made clear what to do. And I thank the Lord for that. Well, Father, you know, not any of us are going to be able, I don't think if we're honest, say, now, hey, here's how you always know God's will and you never have to worry about it. You know, we're, we're human beings, but God, I do believe this. If, if, if our heart is right and we want to do your will, normally the Bible make it clear. Your spirit will clarify what scripture doesn't say. But God, there'll be times that there'll be miraculous signs it, it, it may not be due on a fleece. It just may be somebody that'll say a little something. Something will happen. It's not the norm. And that'll be what you use to show us. God, we want to know your will and everything in life. Help us be honest with you, knowing you want us to know your will more than we want to. Now, Lord, bless us today as we journey on through this day. Help us, God, be a blessing to others today in Jesus' name. Amen.